Good morning, I'm Carolina, and you're listening to Subject ACT, Canberra's local current affairs program on Community Radio 2XXFM. Today, I'm speaking with Jizida and Rainbow, two nationally recognized burlesque performers, and they're going to tell me everything there is to know about burlesque and how to get involved. Um, so, I guess my, my first question is, uh, how did you choose your names? Um... Rainbow actually is my name, so that's yeah. So that's how that's how I came up with it, and I, I knew that I was performing in a show, and I knew I had to answer or recognise the name, so that's why I chose Rainbow because I knew I'd answer to it. It is her birth surname. Can you stand it? <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. And how did you how did you choose your name? Um, so Jazida came about because I was in a similar position to Liz, where I had to. I'm sorry. I was in a similar <laughs> position to Rainbow, where I had to nominate a name on an application, and so I didn't really think about it, and I put down my MySpace name. Jazita is my online name from when I was a, an angsty teenager. <laughs> How did you get involved in burlesque and those kinds of performances? Um, I started taking dance classes at Canberra Dance Theatre with Liz Lee, who was running at the time a burlesque um, dance class but it was more like a Broadway jazz or a showgirl dance class and so that's how I first got involved. I was the same I was actually a a professional belly dancer and I um, had taken a bit of break from dancing in order to have my second daughter and so I couldn't do the really long trips to the other side of town to attend my regular belly dance classes and I couldn't do my gigs in the restaurants and so I decided to to explore some of the more nearby options and the Canberra Dance Theatre happened to be it and I also ended up in the class with um, with Liz Lee and I sort of got exposed to this whole new wonderful world um, and Liz Lee was actually away she was sick one class and she had a guest teacher take her spot and that guest teacher happened to be the incredible Serena Del Fuego who is quite she is quite a big deal um, we were very lucky that she actually for a short time lived right here in Canberra yeah so I did a class with her and I was totally hooked ended up doing some private lessons with her and she encouraged me to apply for the burlesque idol competition and the rest is history what would you say is your favorite part of performing there's so much that i like i like um i like watching the different audiences responses because they are very varied and often hilarious but even more so more than the actual performing and the the connection with the audience i really 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 love the backstage energy and the connections with other artists and the sense of community that we get and it's just it's just so wonderful that we all get together and work really hard and then we come and we produce this amazing thing that we're all have a lot of fun doing it's just a really great sort of bonding time amongst friends i really enjoy it very much the same i I really I enjoy making people laugh. And I, I love, <laughs> I'm very fortunate that audiences like laughing as well, thank God. Um, but yeah, I, I love making the audience laugh and I, I really enjoy the creative process mm, um, and creating a new work and, and meeting all the people through burlesque. I've made a lot of very good friends. I've been very fortunate, I think, yes. in, um, in finding this creative outlet that just seems to make me so happy. So yeah. Yeah, I think the other thing, and you sort of touched on it, was it's not just the joy on on show day of actually performing and connecting and doing all of the things. It's also the whole creative process that leads up to it. It's like DIY crafts, uh, craft afternoons on steroids up until the show comes. It's so good. <laughs> um, so I hate to ask, but I think people want to know what's what's the most embarrassing or, or unexpected thing that's happened during a performance, or maybe in the lead up, where you some uh, wardrobe malfunction, perhaps. 
Yeah, I've, I have been known in the circles as being someone who ought to teach a fancy flap work class because I tend to have a really unfortunate, consistent costume malfunction <laughs> with my G-string. It's been happening a lot. I've figured out the problem. I now glue it down and I've learned my lesson, but there was a little while there where I was always popping a flap, if you will. <laughs> I, um, I, it's not so much embarrassing that I find that there are lots of things. I, I love performing from the point of view. you reminded that there's so much not in your control. So I've, perf- I've performed where probably was an ideal. The group had one rehearsal and then we performed. And funnily enough, we're performing it again, but it got a really good review, which we were all surprised at because it was very chaotic and a little bit about out of control. I think it was the commitment that we showed. We had a great time. People enjoyed it. But there was that where people were following me and I forgot the choreography, which wasn't a great thing. But the other times, things just happen. Like, And you've just always got to go with it. Like the music failed once. So oh, yes, yeah, so I, many times. So I've ended up singing the song. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I can't sing. <laughs> but just so the audience knew what was happening. Yeah. On the on the note previously, you mentioned like the whole the whole interaction from from the audience and mm. how their reaction can be really rewarding. What's what's the best reaction you've gotten from an audience member or a, or a group of people? Not necessarily like positive, but but funny or, or memorable. <laughs> so from my perspective, I'm I'm a dancer in in two different ways. Firstly, I was a belly dancer, and belly dancing is a very different world to burlesque dancing. With with burlesque. Generally speaking, the audience who you're dancing to are there because they want to see you dance. They've usually paid for tickets and they're really excited to see a burlesque performance and they know what they're in for. Whereas belly dancing is usually happening in a restaurant and a lot of times these poor people have no idea. Like they just think that they're going to have a quiet meal, a romantic dinner, the two of them, (laughs) perhaps a first date and it's already sort of like an awkward environment and then like a half-naked woman prances in and starts dancing around them and those have undeniably been my most hilarious audience reactions. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Oh, yeah. Have you ever had a customer chat? Char- customer. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever had an audience member try and participate in the act? Oh, I usually encourage them to come up and participate. <laughs> They're usually very reluctant. Um, <laughs> but oh, actually, no, that's true. So I did a performance in an art gallery, and they're not usually a burlesque crowd. And a lot of the people, part of the the job was to mingle with people beforehand, and they were really lovely, lovely people. Very excited. They were a bit older, a bit excited about seeing their first burlesque performance because it was part of, it, it was the theme of the actual artwork that was being released. The thing that was so gorgeous was they weren't sure how to react and in part of my act I serve tea that I've made and the, the tea is made from tea bags that are attached to my pasties. Which are attached to her nipples. Yes, yes. For that's those right. Of you playing they're, they're covering them. <laughs> and, um, and the thing that I was not expecting because it never happened with a burlesque audience was I give them the teacups and I don't expect them to drink it yet they did. <laughs> And I and afterwards they came up to me and they said the tea was really nice and I thought it surely can't be because it was lukewarm water for a start and it was black Irish tea with just uh, half a sugar in there so I just thought how could this be anyone's cup of tea literally but they were very sweet yeah so I wanted to ask as well over the course of your your mutual careers what have you you done or accomplished that you're most proud of. <laughs> You go, you've got a good one. Oh, look, I, I was really excited. Um, this year I was very fortunate and I, I won Burlesque Idol Australia, which was a, a real, it was such a thrill because the audience, 
the audience have 70% of the vote and the judges have 30%. So it was very exciting, very exciting to win that. She's so humble. She won the national grand final across all of Australia. It's a really big deal. And she won. She came, across, she came out as the best in Australia, which is just incredible. It's a really special title to have. Um, as for, for me, I one of the things that I'm most proud of in my career is less to do with the actual, as a performer myself, and much more to do with um, producing shows. It's something that I've gotten really interested in. I, I started producing my own shows back in March 2016. Um, and since then, I've now produced 13 shows. You also forgot to mention that she... She's been pretty, she's a bit of a title holder herself and she's been a bit of a trailblazer for Canberra in that regard and I think one of the things that I think you've done that is really quite wonderful is that you encourage others to to explore their own creativity and to actually you know do the best that they can do as well it's certainly something that you've inspired in me and I'm and I think it's a wonderful thing you had an incredible year she was the winner of baby bombshells which is um, in the Australian burlesque festival it's changed its name now but Josita was the winner of baby bombshells which is quite a big deal on that note for for those who are listening who are have no idea about burlesque or are new to burlesque could you uh, just briefly explain those those three categories so uh, classical neo and unique oh my goodness sure let's give it a go so um so burlesque as several of you may know is the art of tease so it's sort of it's sort of ground in a history of strip tease and while you don't necessarily have to strip you just have to do something to tease that's really the core but generally burlesque dancing is associated with taking off your clothes in ridiculous and hilarious ways that sort of challenge gender stereotypes and what you find attractive and what you just yeah it's just a whole lot of fun there's usually a lot of absurdity and a lot of parody involved um burlesque really had its big golden era between the 20s to 50s so the golden era of burlesque that's when you had the um it had a really big boom in america that's when um there was a lot of fan dancing. That's when it sort of came to be. And there were the big burlesque circuits. Uh, then it sort of died off again. And it had burlesque had a big revival much later on. And the burlesque that came out in the revival is known as neo-burlesque as opposed to classical burlesque, which was in the earlier days. And they're two very, I guess they're two very distinctly different styles. Classic burlesque has a lot of bumps and grinds and very typical burlesque style movement what you think of when you think of the golden era of burlesque and you look at like say what Dita Von Tees does that's very classic burlesque whereas neo burlesque is a lot more I guess like ridiculous you've got much more parody and what do you reckon you tell me <laughs> uh, well, um, and also like use of modern music and mm, different and types of props. dancing and props and things like that so and it's mm, often more modern concepts yeah um, whereas when it, particularly for the Australian Burlesque Festival, I think when they talk about classic, it is a, very much you must stick to music from the period, is that mm. right? And things so, um, and it's from a particular period of classic, um, what they consider classic burlesque. It's a lot more gentle, I suppose. I think neo-burlesque, you get to push a lot more boundaries. Um, and I, one of the ways that I look at burlesque um, is that I think of it, of itself, it's not pretty much anything can can be burlesque. Yes. It helps if you have um, a, another skill that that you actually use to demonstrate or to 
uh, to perform your burlesque. So it can be in musical theatre or it could be in circus skills or it could be in ballet because it, it really does cross a, a, ra- a really broad spectrum, um, particularly if it's neo-burlesque. Yeah, in the new- Unique is really just whatever else, whatever else you want to show the judges that you can do that's outside of just a typical classic actor neo-act. Often you'll see people doing other sorts of tricks like circus tricks, hula hooping, yeah. prop manipulation, all kinds of strange and different things that you wouldn't have otherwise yeah. expected to see. Fire eating. Yeah. Sort of stuff. Yes. So you were saying that burlesque is art of tease. Mm. What if you're? What would you do if you were interested in in burlesque and you like the whole that the atmosphere and the theatricality and costuming of it, <laughs> but you you weren't particularly comfortable with with showing a lot of of, of skin or, or personal oh, skin. Oh no, you don't. I really don't. I really don't think that you have to. I really no. think that tease doesn't necessarily mean getting naked. I feel like you could let down your ponytail and swish your hair around and that be so much more sensual and so much more of a tease than, you know, than opening yeah. up your shirt. Things like, you know, like having a mask and uncovering your face at the last minute. That's also really like it's a, it's a revealing something and it's it does, you know, like build up. I also think as well what what Liz said earlier um, is so true. It's that burlesque, I guess, is a filter that you can apply to anything. And the filter is the idea of teasing someone. But you can apply it to anything. You can be a comedian and choose oh, yeah. to, to to deliver your comedy through burlesque. You could be a dancer and choose to deliver your dancing through burlesque. You could be a singer and choose to deliver your singing oh, yeah. through burlesque. It doesn't really... I, I, it's, I think it's foolish to try and define it too narrowly. It's really whatever it is that you want it to be. That's one of the things I love about it. Um, oh, the only thing I was going to add is, yeah, I'm, I agree. I don't think you need to get naked or if you because I've seen acts where they tease you to the point that you think they're going to and then they just walk away and it's um it's quite it's actually one of them the most exciting acts that I've ever seen because you go what what you're leaving me now like I want more how could you not take anything off and so it's yeah it's quite fascinating because you're not expecting it you're expecting Mm. everyone to take their clothes off and when they don't it's yeah it can be even more teasing Mm. yeah Carolina, and you're listening to Subject ACT, Canberra's local current affairs program on Community Radio 2XX FM. Join us each weekday, 8.30 to 9am on 2XX FM's 98.3 Subject ACT. You can stream us live at 2XXFM.org.au slash listen. Today, I'm speaking with Jizida and Rainbow, two nationally recognized burlesque performers and they're going to tell me everything there is to know about burlesque and how to get involved. And on that note, I, I have heard that there is, uh, that burlesque can be open to, to all genders and there's uh, boylesque as well. Oh yes, yeah there's boylesque, some people call it surlesque, some people call it brolesque, whatever it is, you, really it doesn't matter, you can be any gender to tease, why would, why yeah. does it matter, yeah. There is a huge history of burlesque within the queer community, there is a huge amount of grounding where sort of neo I guess neo burlesque hadn't really been revived quite as much as it is now yet it was very prominent within the queer scene you look years back there's people like Moira Finnegan and Fancy Peace who years ago were doing all sorts of incredible what we would now define as burlesque they were doing it within the within the queer space it's really exciting um you were talking earlier about I've seen a couple of performances, and there's often bits where the performer will throw out throw bits of their of their clothing or their mm. or their costuming dramatically out into the audience. Yes. Uh, how often does that not come back? Oh. I, 
do you know what? I have always, I have had every single piece of costuming returned to me. I'm very fortunate because at all at all burlesque shows, you've got a stage hand, often referred to in the burlesque world as a stage kitten, and their their one job is to watch every single piece of clothing, which is quite a task given that it goes in a hundred different directions at one time. And um and they will they will go they will go through the crowd and hunt it out. And also, I mean, it really depends. You've, most shows have a pretty strong MC who will very clearly tell them please return please return the artist's <laughs> things it's taken them hours of hot gluing and a lot of effort and they've a lot of the time if they haven't made it they've spent thousands thousands of dollars on it so um yeah people are really kind and i'm really supportive of the artists and i haven't i have yet to personally see anything go missing after it has landed in the audience's lap so before you you mentioned um fan dances mm. so i have I have two questions for that. Um, the first question is, some of the aspects of burlesque come from, from other cultures. How do you balance um, using and recreating that, that culture and keeping that alive while also being respectful? What a wonderful question. I think that the most important thing to acknowledge is that dance, like language, is always evolving. It has to change over time, and if it doesn't change, it means that it's dead. So I think that you, you need to... You need to be able to not not get too tired to historically this is how this prop was used and therefore we must use it in this way forever. Um, but at the same to, at the same time, it's important to just have an awareness of what the history was so that you aren't accidentally, you know, misrepresenting insulting. and insulting people. And um, yeah, I mean, like fan dancing is the example that you gave, and that has that has a hugely long history. I mean, people were using fans back in China and Japan way back when, and then it eventually moved into flamenco, which brought it over to Europe, Europe, Europe in the in the courts back then, and it was a thing of status. And then slowly, eventually, went down to the commoners, and then it got moved to America, and then um, and then it. it became a whole new beast when Sally Rand came along with her giant ostrich feather fans. And this is, I guess, the, the birth of burlesque fan dancing. And um, yeah, I think it's just, the thing, the thing that I take from that is that it's had so many different iterations. You know, culturally, what, cu- culturally fan dancing in China and Japan is something very, very, very different, different to what Sally Rand did. Um, and it, yeah, it's good to know. It's good to know about this history and just have an awareness. But I don't think as long as you're being respectful and keeping that in mind i think it's it's good to take liberty with the prop and um as long as you're doing it you, as long as you're you doing it respectfully then you know come up with new things don't just re, uh restrict yourself to what has always been done historically yeah i, I this is a, a little different answer but sometimes like i hear you know you might hear around the traps people saying oh no that's not burlesque because this is defined as what burlesque is and I think it's a mistake to to say that 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 this particular style of dance is only one thing or that it you know it can only be expressed in one way because burlesque itself was always evolving Mm. and it was always avant-garde and and when people started doing it they experimented it was all about you know um, entertaining the masses and so when Sally Rand picked up those fans she she developed a really um, it was an innovation yes you know because yeah, feather fans really hadn't been used in that way or you know, as a as a in dance before so the idea that it was used to conceal and reveal um, was a massive innovation 
like you said, it's like a language. If you constrict it, if you confine it, if you say that it it doesn't, you know, it can't change and it can't grow, it will effectively die. Yeah. Um, so I've kept you a little bit longer than I had intended to, and I've just got, That's just got okay. two final questions. Sure. That's all right, and I apologise, it's only because I'm on call. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> um, so... I guess what would you say would be not necessarily the future of burlesque as a whole, but the future of burlesque for you personally? Like, where do you see yourself or want? That is a really, that is such a good question. I think, yeah, I'm really really interested in the space that I'm getting into with productions. Um, Jazita Productions is definitely something that I'm really excited and passionate about. It's, It's less about me as a performer and getting better and better and winning titles or whatever whatever that is it's much more about like let's grow the community let's expand and evolve and make the Canberra scene let's make let, like let's put Canberra on the map let's make this be where all of the good people are where we're where we're trained and we grow and develop and we support each other I think that's something that's really exciting like, it's bigger than just just me and what I want to do it's like what I want to see for my place, for my town. It's, yeah, something I'm really excited about. Um, I'd, I'd like to just keep creating. I always, <laughs> I worry about everything in this life, unfortunately. But one of the things I worry about, uh, like I really enjoy creating new dances. I love um, coming up with choreography. But at the end of every one, once I've developed one, I, I often think, goodness, can I do it again? What if I can't? <laughs> And so I, what I hope is that I'm able to keep doing that and that it's entertaining to people. Thank God, I thought it was work. All right. And that it's still entertaining to people and it makes them laugh or makes them happy. Yes. Um, and one of the things I would like to do eventually is, is I would love to get into teaching, um, you know, burlesque, but more like a dance burlesque and, not, and, and more about actually um, just as a way for women to um to be able to in, to feel empowered yes um not so much about necessarily becoming a performer or anything like that if someone wants to do that that's awesome but actually just for everybody so that they that yeah so that yeah people can feel empowered and mm. um because that's what burlesque has given me yes. it's given me so much confidence Yes, um, it's so it's yeah. it is so it's so incredibly empowering. It's something it's something that I've noticed as well is that um, I, there's very much there's very much like the stage persona. So there's <laughs> me there's me who is Rachel, the normal human, and then there's Jazida, and Jazida's just like an insane insane person who does all <laughs> kinds of stuff. And I sometimes I look at what Jazida's done, and I'm like, that is ins- that's quite an achievement. That's really <laughs> like that's something else. And she, um, yeah, if she's got. She's got guts and she does a whole lot of stuff that I would have never dreamed of doing. And it's quite amazing because, you know, on stage, it's fine to be this totally different person. That's part of what performing is, is you have this persona and you put it on. I've just, I've noticed it more and more in life is that the confidence that Jazita has slowly creeping into the rest of my world. You know, I I sort of, there are things that I look at, I'm like, oh no, I I couldn't, I really, I definitely couldn't do that. That's way out of my realm. I'm not good enough. I couldn't do it. And then I look and I think, hang on a second, Jazita would totally do this. And you know, quite frankly, she's part of me and if she can do it, I can do it. And it's amazing. Yeah, it's like this whole other, yeah, it brings a whole different type of, a different level of confidence. It's quite amazing. Yeah, I'm very much the same. It's, um, I'm, I think by nature, a very risk adverse person, but then through doing burlesque, Mm. through being rainbow, I have started taking risks in 
in my regular life yes. that um, that I should have been taking all along. Yes, with, that's it. Yeah, with job choices or just going, you know what, I'm going to give that a go because, well, you know, I glued that together, I made that pasty, <laughs> I, you know, or I, I did that choreography. Oh, and I, I kept dancing when the music stopped, even though it didn't mm. work and people still clapped, you know, so I guess I can go for, you know, that job or I can, um, I can speak up at this meeting. Normally... Normally I wouldn't have had the confidence to do that, but I've noticed in the last two years that, that I've been doing burlesque, it's changed that about me. I feel yes. more able to do those things. Yeah, there are times where I, I think to myself, oh God, I couldn't do that. And then I go, hang on, I take my clothes off yeah. in front of me. If I can do that, I can do anything. You know, it's just, it's just incredibly empowering. Yeah. If I can dance at the bus depot markets, <laughs> I can do anything for 15 minutes. Yeah, I might close this up with one last question, which is if someone is listening to this or has gone to a burlesque performance and has gone, I want to do that, like don't know how, how, how should they go about that? Or they, they say, I want to be a performer, but I don't know what kind. Oh, oh goodness. Um, so... I've actually been asked this question before and um, or I've seen this question asked before and I hear a lot of people who come back and say oh well you've got to you've got to do a class you've got to attend a, a thing and you've got to you know these are all the correct steps that you must follow in order to eventually earn your title as performer or you know and I, I hear all of this and I see it and I think really if you want to be if you want to be a performer all you have to do is perform. I mean, that's what it comes down to, right? Like, if you want to be a burlesque dancer, if you want to be a burlesque comedian, if you want whatever it is that you want to do, however you want to apply that burlesque filter, just come up with your act. Say, like, I've got this idea and this is what I want to put on the stage. This is how I see myself as a performer on stage. And just work to create it. If, if in order to create it, you need to take a dance class or you need to take a singing class or you need to do whatever, then, yeah, do it. Do whatever you got to do to create it. But there's no one person who can sign you off and say, yeah, now, now you are a performer. You are a performer the second that you decide that you are and the second that you put your act on the stage. And um, Canberra's a really fortunate place because there's actually a huge, um, there's a huge range of opportunities for beginners to actually get a chance to share their stuff on the stage. So... Um, Oh, uh, yeah, I was just going to say, if you want to try out burlesque, by all means, try out classes, like if you want to. But I, I agree with you, Jazita. I think it, once you perform, you're a performer. But um, but if you don't want to perform and you just want to take classes, do that too. So I'm unintentionally a liar. I've actually got one more no, question. <laughs> it's good. Which is, if you've listened to this whole show and <laughs> you really, really want to go see a burlesque performance, yeah. when is the next one on to go and check it out? Oh my goodness! There is so there's so much stuff happening on Ca in Canberra. Like I've said, if you check out the Canberra Burlesque Diary, that's where you can see all of the stuff happening across Canberra. I've got a quick little list here. Um, Doctor Sketchies is actually a burlesque themed life drawing thing that's happening on the third of August. So you can go and actually like watch a performance and then draw the performer, which is pretty cool. Um, uh, Jazita Productions, which I run, is putting on a show called Decadence and Debauchery on the 26th of August. That's at the Polish Club. That's actually a really special show because it features Miss Alyssa Kitt, who is from, who's coming to us from New South Wales. And she's actually fresh back from the Burlesque Hall of Fame in Las Vegas. So the best of the best of the best in the world go to Las Vegas to compete um, for the title of Miss Exotic World. It's like it's like the Olympics of burlesque. And um, she, she actually went over there and represented Australia, which is real. she's really incredible. And she's actually coming to Canberra. So that's the 26th of August. Megan Monroe is putting on an event called Not In Your Head on the 2nd of September, which is a fundraiser for mental illness education, ACT. And that, uh, that show actually taps in really nicely with the queer community um, 
Yeah, and then on, on the 23rd of September, I'm, I'm putting on Highbrow at the Lowbrow, um, which is the, the three-monthly show that I run at the Lowbrow Gallery, um, which is upstairs from Beach Burrito in the city. And that one has Ivy Fox from South Australia as well as Cherry Buttons from New South Wales, plus local performers. Um, yeah, there's heaps of – there's so much stuff happening. There's just one last one that's on in August on the 19th. It's called – now, I'm, I'm not sure if it's still Science and Sex or Strictly oh, Science. Oh, yes, Strictly Science. And we're all in that, and actually it's – it's quite the lineup. I saw it last night, mm. and it's um, it's a big lineup. But it's part of National Science Week um, right. here. In, yeah, so it's actually burlesque mixed in with, with science. science. That's about it. <laughs> Thank you so much for be- agreeing to being interviewed today. Thank you very much for having us. No problem. That concludes our discussion with Jazita and Rainbow. Join us each weekday, 8.30 to 9am on 2XX FM's 98.3 Subject ACT. You can stream us live at 2XXFM.org.au slash listen, or catch up on all our podcast episodes at soundcloud.com slash subject ACT, or stay in touch via Facebook and Twitter. Community radio needs you, so please support this station by subscribing via 2XXFM.org.au. Stay tuned for more people-powered radio. Thank you.